0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> and we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Wednesday, December 30th. We are Getting Oh, so close to 2021. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined today by Greg Ehrenberg. We are here to break down a six game slate, very manageable. I just noticed that we have a, I believe a 10 gamer for new year's day. That is going to be quite the chore when I wake up in the morning, but today was pretty easy. Let's start here. Greg, how are you?
1: Uh, pretty good. Although not quite as good. Now that I found out that we have 10 games to cover on new year's day, is is it going to be like a full day slate, like a Christmas type thing where we're doing games from morning to night? What's the, what's the deal with that?
0: i don't know let me pull it up and look at it is this, quickly. because
1: this, this is going to be a situation where not only do we have to cover 10 games but there's going to be like three slates where we're just covering it constantly
0: nope can... uh, ten, 10 games starting at 7 p.m
1: okay so just normal the nba just operating as is
0: yeah so that'll be a very very not fun one strategy show two just simply waking up and doing those rotations none of that is going to be a good time i don't drink well, it'll be easy enough for me well there you go I right We'll probably be asleep early, but I'll just be up (laughs) later than I would like to be. And that's not going to be fun. Okay, let's start talking a little bit about today's slate. We've got six games ahead of us. But before we do that, like button. Hit that immediately. No brainer. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything that we do goes live. Follow me on Twitter, at Josh Engelman. Follow Greg on Twitter, at DFS.
1: That is correct. You're saying it kind of as a question, but yeah, that that is, that is right.
0: I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I haven't typed it. So when I used to be producing these shows regularly, I would be the one that was typing in everybody's Twitter handle to tweets or to like the little thing at the bottom. So I got really good at knowing what everybody's Twitter handle was. Now it's always just like, is there a DFS at the end? Is there not a DFS at the end? That's where we waffle a little bit. It's not important it's
1: not it's it's not i mean it's important to the people who want to follow me on twitter and ask me questions that i feel obligated to answer and and the people who also like to like my tweets because i like i like likes on my tweets just like you like likes on the youtube videos it's what fuels me it's what gets me up in the morning that's my sustenance I,
0: i know the feeling we've got six games so we have plenty of time to work our way through this slate uh i'm ready to dive in if you are of course One quick reminder, too, uh, Lock is at 7.30 tonight, not 7 o'clock. So all of our normal shows, which would start at 5 and 6, push back a half hour. So 5.30 for the deeper dive, 6.30 for live before lock. I'll touch on the uh, schedule as we get going. Let's kick it off. Atlanta Hawks, Brooklyn Nets, Nets seven-point favorites, 238 total. Uh, We'll start on the Atlanta side. Not a ton here that I like. We still have a little bit of news to wait for. We don't know if Gallo is in or out. I'm treating him like he's out for right now. I don't think it's going to matter all that much. John Collins for 6,800 on FanDuel looks solid to me. Bogdanovich and Trey Young on DraftKings, two guys that I have a bit of a lean to. But I'm not all that excited about Atlanta. Am I missing anything here? What do you think about
1: the Hawks? Uh, So one thing that I'm curious to see is what's going to be the minutes restriction on Clint Capella because – At 6,300 on FanDuel and then on DraftKings, he also has a pretty reasonable price, uh, 5,900. So if he's unrestricted, and we don't know, right? We've seen him play a total of one game with the Atlanta Hawks over the last year and a half or whatever it's been now. And it was the last last slate and he was restricted. So if he's going to finally have those minutes restrictions off, then I think that he becomes a viable play in the mid-range. As for John Collins... I'm struggling with him. Uh, The price is cheap. I assume he's going to be popular. We don't have uh, ownership projections at this point, but his role has been so much lesser so far this year. I mean, his minutes, 18, 27, 26. I I, I find it hard to to say like he's definitely going to play 34 minutes or something like that, just because we see this team is so much deeper than it was last year. And the minutes just haven't been there so far for him. So with that in mind, I mean, what do you think his playing time is going to look like?
0: Uh, what do I have him in for right now? Atlanta, Atlanta. I think I gave him thirty. Could be wrong. Thirty-one for right now. And again, that's this is assuming um, Gallo out. I know the minutes don't look great. They've been in some weird games so far. What are you put projecting, Matt? Like twenty-eight.
1: Uh, I'm kind of crowdsourcing right now. That was one of the reasons I asked you. I haven't, I haven't figured it out yet at this point in the day, but it was just yeah. one of those, it was just one of those guys who I was looking at. It's like, Oh, John Collins at 6,800. When I first build my dummy crunch, you just go through, he, po- he pops up in a bunch of my lineups, uh, just using the, the projections that we have for, for awesome. And that's usually what I'll use in the morning just to get an idea of like, okay, these are the guys who project out well. And, and I look at John Collins like, okay, the price makes sense. But then I look through his game log and that's, it, it's just hard for me to figure, why is he not playing more minutes? I understand he's gotten in foul trouble at some yeah. points, but but beyond that, he still should have at least some more minutes because there are times he hasn't gotten in foul trouble and still played under 30 minutes.
0: So in the most recent game they had against the Pistons, he missed the end of his second quarter rotation because he picked up another foul. They brought in Bruno Fernando. Fernando played the final three minutes. So right there, just all things equal, he's at 29 minutes in the Pistons game. If we just simply give him those minutes back, in the second quarter. I don't think it's crazy to think that he could pick up a little bit more time. What I do think is interesting is that he's playing three rotations instead of the normal start the first quarter, close the second quarter. He is picking up that middle rotation at the end of the first beginning of the second, that might be part of the issue. Uh, just simply the way that he's subbing in and out is limiting him a little bit. I think 29 minutes is sort of the floor projection for him. I wouldn't want to go any lower than that because it's clear that they were trying to play him there in that, instance he played three minutes and 50 seconds to start the third quarter picked up another foul came back out again and didn't come out or didn't come back in early in or late in the third quarter rather for that rotation he started the fourth so i think just based on the foul trouble alone that's what stopped him from going to that 30 31 32 minute mark against the pistons in the last game whether or not that continues whether or not he keeps himself out of foul trouble who knows I'm going to bet that they're trying to play him north of 30 minutes at the very least.
1: All right. I think that's, I think that's reasonable logic. I'd probably be comfortable with the same minutes number that you gave him, 31. Uh, definitely for GPPs, I mean, there's going to be upside there, right? Because the price this yeah. is as cheap as we've seen John Collins and basically forever. The, the only – well, the two concerns I have are going to be the foul trouble then. And then also, how is he going to mesh with Clint Capella? Because my feeling is that when Capella is finally unrestricted and playing full minutes, that it's going to cut into Collins' rebound rate a lot. Uh, But we just don't don't have any data on it. Now, we haven't even seen this Hawks team totally healthy yet because Gallo's been out already, Capella's missed time. So I'm curious what what this team's going to look like as a whole. I think the Hawks are going to be good this year, though. I I bet on them to make the playoffs, and I feel pretty good about that early.
0: Yeah, they should. I mean, their offense should be fantastic. There's a lot of firepower here. Really, it's going to Honestly, I think it's all coming down to Capella's health if – Clint Capella can't be out on the floor regularly for Atlanta. Their defense is just going to be really bad. And there's a ceiling to how good they can be as a team if you have like the 25th best defense. I don't I think really think care for Atlanta like, today, though, like from a DFS yeah. perspective.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, Collins is a GPP play. Capella, if he's unrestricted, which I don't think is going to be the case anyway. But if, if he was to be unrestricted, then he would be in play for me. But Or else it's just going to be John Collins.
0: Yeah, the the thing about Collins, particularly on FanDuel, is the way that power forward is set up. Giannis is eleven K. Anthony Davis is ten two. Jason Tatum is ninety two hundred. And then the next most expensive guy is John Collins at sixty eight hundred. There's a chasm. Yeah, uh, from the top to the bottom. So I think Collins looks great. I think he's just simply underpriced on Fanduel to what he's actually going to do if he plays those thirty-one minutes. If he were like seventy-four hundred, that balance would look a little bit different. But right now, him being under seven k, just the makeup of that position today—it's really weird.
1: Yeah, especially because in transition to uh, the other side of this game yeah. is that we don't have Kevin Durant a power forward anymore. Fanduel is like, all right, Kevin Durant, small forward now. So. I think that's a that's a good way to talk over about the net side of the game because yeah. there's pretty big difference in their pricing between Fanduel and DraftKings.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about eighty four hundred dollars Kevin Durant on DraftKings. What a comically ridiculous price tag! Um, I don't know what else to say here. Like he's clearly a fantastic option on DK.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what he was on fa- on Fanduel to start the year. I mean, we, yeah. we opened the year with Kevin Durant eighty four hundred on Fanduel. And then 9,800 on DraftKings, and it's just flip flopped at this point. So, on DraftKings, I think he's a really strong play. I don't really have that much interest in him on FanDuel at 9,500. Uh, but but DK, I think that Kevin Durant is definitely one of the guys to to pay up for, and it's not even like you're paying up massively for him because it's a it's a very reasonable price tag for him.
0: I don't really mind getting to him on FanDuel either. Uh, like I'm not ultra excited to get LeBron at 10 five. And I'm not so sure like Kawhi is a, a much better play at 9,900. Uh, I, I kind of like it's not that I like the 9,500 price tag, but I don't think it's all that different than the two guys above him. Um, and there's enough value at that position in Tyler Hero, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, oh, all right, okay, Jordan, you scared me there. Did Brandon Roy Brandon Roy didn't die, did he?
1: <laughs> what
0: you're just saying, Brandon Roy, Brandon Roy, RIP. Okay. Scared me, man. I was like, "Damn, did Brandon Roy get COVID or something?" That would have been awful. Ah, we'll have that conversation at a later date. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about the rest of Brooklyn. So, Karis Levert, sixty three hundred on FanDuel. I think he's going to step into a couple extra minutes now, maybe a little bit more ball handling duty. No Spencer Dinwiddie. We'll see where that ends up. But Levert looks like a decent value there. I don't have much interest in anything else coming from the net side. On the DraftKings side of the coin, though, I don't mind getting the Kyrie as well. But on FanDuel, where Kyrie is 9,400, I'm not all that enamored in him. Uh, what do you want to do with the rest of
1: Brooklyn? Yeah, so I, I can't believe Karis LeVert didn't get priced up after the game he had the other day. FanDuel was just like, yeah. you know, we've got the solution. Karis LeVert, great game. We're going to switch his position. That's apparently the thing they do now. It's like, hey, somebody plays well. we'll just, we will just we don't need to adjust the price. We're going to move the position. So Karis LeVert goes from a, a small forward to a shooting guard. I'm not sure if he's going to start or not. I, frankly, I kind of prefer him if he comes off the bench because yeah. he would still be in line to play extra minutes without Dinwiddie out there, except he would be playing in the second unit where we'd see a ton of usage. So this is one of those situations where if he comes off the bench, I'm actually going to prefer him To If he's a starter, I just don't have a great feel yet for what the net starting lineup is going to be. And that's something we're probably going to find out later in the day. If he starts, I'm still going to have exposure to him, except I'm probably going to have him as one of my higher own shooting guards on FanDuel if he comes off the bench.
0: Yeah, I I really like the idea of him coming off the bench and then just being a part of the closing lineup in the end. I think that makes for a better balance for the team uh, through the game. We'll see where they end up. They have plenty of options to take over that Dinwiddie spot. Do you want anything else from Brooklyn? Uh, Any interest in the centers, Kyrie, Joe Harris, anything like that?
1: Uh, On FanDuel, I think that Joe Harris is a reasonable play, just because you mentioned before that one of the reasons you like Kevin Durant is because the position's kind of thin. And also, I mean, we have LeBron James as questionable, but that's kind of a fake questionable I, at this point. I think we have to consider he's been listed as questionable for every game so far this year. So I assume LeBron's in. Kawhi is questionable, but to me, legitimately questionable. I think I think that Kawhi, after missing the last two games, has a chance to sit out. So we look at some of the other guys, like you mentioned, Kevin Durant's a little overpriced, but there aren't that many options to really like here. Uh, Jalen Brown at 8,000, that's a little more than I want to pay for him. And then you start to move down the, the list of options, Tyler Hero really stands out at 4,500. But then I get to also Joe Harris at 4,300 is going to be somebody who's in my player pool who, so even with Dinwiddie out, it's not like Mm -hmm. Joe Harris isn't a guy who all of a sudden picks up a ton of usage, but he is still going to be a guy who probably could pick up a couple extra minutes. And I mean, playing alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they're going to create a lot of open shots for him and he's going to make most of them. So Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that Joe Harris at his price point, 4,300 on FanDuel That's going to make him somebody who I end up rostering. I don't know, probably like 20 to 25% or something like that. Anything else in Hawks Nets? No, not for me.
0: Memphis Grizzlies, Boston Celtics, Celtics, nine and a half point favorites, 226 total. Memphis going to be without John Morant for the foreseeable future. Uh, Kind of a bummer. Rolled his ankle, I think three to five weeks or something along those lines I saw this morning. So, uh, Tyus Jones going to be getting some minutes. FanDuel just immediately priced him up. He's 5,800, so you don't really have to worry too much there. 5,200 on DK, better, but... Also, still not like incredibly interesting to me. Obviously, in play, part of a player pool and all that. But uh, the guy that I like most on FanDuel, probably Joe Val, 7,500. Grayson Allen at 3,700, I think has a little bit of value. Grayson Allen for 3,600 on DK stands out a bit to me. Uh, they bumped up Dylan Brooks's price. So he's not priced yeah. like he's not a starter any longer. Monster usage rate on Dylan Brooks with Jaw jaron jackson and i'm missing someone off the top of my head oh uh, d'anthony melton uh, dylan brooks over the past year and a half with those guys off has like a 33 and a half percent usage rate so keep an eye on that but since he's kind of crazy with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere What do you want to do with Memphis now that uh team's going to look a little bit different without their star?
1: You know, I still like Tyus Jones, even though he is uh, priced out. I mean, obviously, if he was min price, he would have just been 100% play. Don't even have to yeah. think about it. But look at his workload from last game. And, and keep in mind, also, Morant didn't get hurt in, you know, like right at the start of the game or anything. Morant played a lot of the first half. And Tyus Jones still ended up playing 35 minutes in that game. So I, I look at that, and I think Tyus Jones is probably going to have to play a ridiculous amount of minutes because this is a team also, without Melton there, they just don't have – because Melton's hurt. They, they don't have all that many ball handlers. So Tyus Jones, I don't think it's ridiculous. I'm not going to project him for it because then he just ends up in 100% of my lineups. But I don't think it's ridiculous to think he plays over 40 minutes. Really? He played thir- he played 35 last game, and that was with Moran playing most of the first half.
0: I'd be surprised.
1: I, I mean I- – so I I get I'll, where I'll, you're coming I'll put, from. I'll, I'll put the logic this way, right? He, his minutes have to go up from last game, correct? Like, there's there's no John Moran. He's, he's going from a bench roll to starting now.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, wait, what do you mean? Like, go so, up from his normal projection or from what he played?
1: From what he played last game, right? You have to assume that Tyus Jones plays at least some more minutes because Moran started that game and Jones came off the bench. He's going to be starting now. And they just, they just don't have other guys to handle the ball.
0: I would be very surprised if he played north of 34 minutes.
1: But he played 35 last game.
0: I think it's different when the guy goes down in the middle of the game. You're not prepared for it. You're not thinking about rotations. You're just kind of putting all hands on deck at that spot. Um, They are uh, mildly short on ball handers, handlers, I guess, you know, you'll see probably a little bit of point guard slow mo today. Would be my my assumption. Grayson Allen, I guess Dylan Brooks, a little bit. It's uh, hard to find
1: guys that are going to play point guard for them.
0: So, what are you projecting Tyus Jones for minutes today?
1: Thirty six right now, but I think that he could go over forty. Like, if he if he plays that many minutes, I wouldn't be stunned by it. Just because I look at the point guard minutes for that team. And and it's just hard to find out who's gonna play the role. Like to your point, like could Grayson Allen do it? I guess it's not ideal. Kyle Anderson could do it also, but he's also playing the forward role because Jaron Jackson's out. So yeah. it's 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 just hard to find what the rotation is gonna look like. So I'm like I said, I'm not gonna project Tyus Jones for 40 minutes because then he just ends up in hundred percent of my lineups. So and I don't want that to be the case, but I think he's gonna play a very substantial role. And my, my larger point is even though he's priced up and isn't the normal min price we'd see for a backup moving into a starting role, I'm, I'm still going to get exposure to him because of the playing time upside.
0: I'm going stick to stick at 34 minutes here. I think he looks a little bit better on DraftKings than he does on FanDuel. Um, I just kind of prefer the pay-up options on FanDuel in comparison. Like I would rather get to Luca at eleven four, like Dame at ninety two hundred, and Drew Holiday is just sitting there at sixty four hundred, and that that one's kind of comparable for me uh, in terms of just like a median projection. I'm a little nervous about Tyus Jones. You've, yeah, you've got I'm, me worried now.
1: So, w- which which part are you worried about?
0: Additional playing time. I mean, like obviously, like I fully expect him to be out there you know for 30 plus they don't really have many options in that regard i don't know if they just let him fully rip though they might
1: so let's see what did he play when he started last for them he didn't play all the minutes when he started last year um but then if you go back two years ago he was playing like i mean we we saw him start games two years ago and play over 40 minutes um I mean, it's it's a totally different situation, but the the upside's there, and I'm not going to project him for that many minutes. But just to reiterate, my point being is that I think there is enough ceiling for the minutes that I'm going to get exposure to him, even with the price going up.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 certainly going to have him. Uh, I'm guessing probably something in the like fifteen to twenty percent range. Nothing too crazy, just because the the price bump there is there is a bit of a ceiling there. Do you like anything else from Memphis uh, with Ja out?
1: Uh... Grayson Allen, just because I think he's somebody else who's going to have to pick up minutes. Um, On DraftKings, it's going to be mostly those two guys. On FanDuel, just because the position's thin, Kyle Anderson, 6,200 is a little steep for Kyle Anderson, uh, but he's played well this year, and I do think he could play some of those point guard minutes. So Kyle Anderson also, last two games, he's played 36 and 37 minutes. So Kyle Anderson on FanDuel, and then Grayson Allen on DraftKings, Tyus Jones for me on both sides.
0: Here's one I really want to get your take on. We'll head to Boston. Do you have any thoughts on Peyton Pritchard?
1: Uh, I I know that Boston fans really like him. I know that that is, I know that's a, that, that's something, but I I can't see myself actually rostering him. I understand he played 27 minutes last game. uh, But I mean, even if you look at like his permanent production in the preseason, it was not good. Like it it was not even remotely good. So I, I, I see his minutes are trending up. But I, I don't know that that's necessarily reliable. Like I don't think he's going to regularly play twenty seven minutes every game. I think it's probably more likely that he plays minutes in the low twenties or something like that if he stays a part of the rotation. And then on top of that, I don't think he's a particularly good. I don't project as a good point per minute guy. So all that put together, I just I just don't think he's a he's a good play. Do you feel do you feel differently than that?
0: A little bit. I don't think that there's a lot of value out there right now. There are no real, like, low-priced guys, particularly on DraftKings. There's not a lot sub-4K that exists. And I have him in for 24 minutes, about 20 fantasy points. I just don't think you need a ton out of him today if you're trying to do something more along the lines of a Stars and Scrubs type build. So I have a little bit of interest in him. If we get any sort of news that opens up a lower-priced guy – Pritchard's going to get the boot for that, but at 24 minutes, I think it's viable, given the way that he's been used over the past three games.
1: So one other point that I that I'll make about him is is also his so his shooting the last couple games, um, and it's not like his fantasy point totals are outrageously good, right? I mean, the last game, the last two games, he scored 24 points and uh, 20 fantasy points, but he's also he's also made nine of 13 shots from the field, and seems sustainable. <laughs> There's just a lot to me, and the other thing too is he's not min price, right? If maybe I feel a little bit differently if he was min price on DraftKings, he's 3400, so we are paying a little bit more for him. I don't know. I, I just i I don't think he's going to be a particularly good permanent fantasy producer, and everything about these last couple of games seems very fluky to me. I mean, two games ago he made 100 of his shots from the field and scored 20 and a half DraftKings points, and it's like, all right, that's what I need to happen for him to get there. So I'm, I'm not going to be on him unless and, – and, and the other thing also about, about other guys opening up, other guys are going to open up. It happens every single day in, in NBA. Yeah,
0: yeah. look, uh, th- that's basically just where I'm at. Like I see him at 3,400. I see Grayson Allen at 3,600. I don't see a lot in the low tier. Just wanted to point him out as a quick value option. Are you going to Tristan Thompson, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown? I'm guessing no. I-, I think Tatum and Thompson look okay.
1: Uh, well, my dummy build actually got a decent amount of Tristan Thompson. Um, Thompson's 4,300 on DraftKings, So I think just because of the price that makes him a decent play, uh, he's starting, he's locked into a pretty significant role for, for the Celtics. I mean, I think that we could always count on Tristan Thompson, probably to play somewhere in the mid to high 20 minutes. And he's a guy who, who we know, we know what he is, right. He's around a point per minute. Cause he's been that for years now. So I think that for the price at, at the center position, if we don't get a whole lot of value that opens up, then I think he's going to probably be a guy that I'm like 20-ish percent on or something, not, not like a core play for me or anything.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think he looks pretty good on both sites. I'm um, a little nervous about the minutes for today. Not that I think that he's just going to suddenly not play, but uh, is a little dinged up um playing the back-to-back I don't know if they'll try to be a little they certainly have enough center options on the team to like dial him back I do think it's a good spot though against Joe Val that's the kind of guy that you would want Tristan Thompson to be out on the floor for so um 4100 I'm willing to take that shot on FanDuel anything else for Memphis Boston
1: just the general thought back-to-backs are going to be a pain this year
0: yeah, it's not going to be a
1: great time. Because I was thinking about that is as looking at all the, at some of these games and writing up players and whatnot. It's almost every single day I'm considering teams on back to back and what some of these you know veteran type teams like the Lakers, uh, not the Celtics as much, but teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, all these teams playing back to backs. There's going to be a lot of rest and guys ruled out late.
0: Brad Stevens hinted on Monday that he's considering changing his Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson's starting front court. Interesting.
1: That would be that would be Tice coming out. That's a that's a terrible fit.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a shame. I liked Tice last year. Anyway, Oh, buckle up for this one, everybody. Milwaukee Bucks, Miami Heat. Just in case you missed it yesterday, the Milwaukee Bucks broke the record for threes in a game and they beat the absolute tar out of Miami and now they're running it back. So Milwaukee, six and a half point favorites in Miami. I'm treating this as if Jimmy Butler is not playing again today. Uh, so let's just start there. Are you going with the same assumption?
1: Uh, I'm. I, I just don't know. I I, kind of think also where it's like, I'm I'm not going to make a bold prediction just because I've no, I've no clue. Um, But I also think this Tyler heroes in play on Fanduel regardless, there's a couple of things. I don't know why he's a small forward. I don't know why he's at 4,500 on Fanduel. None of those things make sense. Uh, Even though the heat got absolutely destroyed yesterday, he he scored 20 real life points by halftime. And without Jimmy Butler there in that starting lineup, he's just going to have to take a ton of shots. So Tyler hero makes sense. And, as a whole, I think that that if Butler's out, a lot of the guys on the outside of Tyler Hero are going to make for really interesting GPP plays because a bunch of them were chalky yesterday and they sucked so hard that people just aren't going to want to go back to the well in that same exact situation. So yeah. I mean, guys like you know Bam Adebayo, he would get a bump. Uh, Drogic on DraftKings, who nobody's going to want to play him after. He played nine minutes yesterday, which I kind of actually think is a positive for him today because I think yeah. they were they were I think they were just getting crushed. And losing so badly so quickly they just pulled the plug on they're like hey we're gonna save Drogic for tomorrow uh which do you see yeah, the minutes ahead.
0: on Myers Leonard and Harkless like Myers Leonard played two minutes Harkless played like four they just ripped the Spo was just like well we're done
1: <laughs> yeah just live, live to fight another day which if we want to look into that maybe that also means that maybe that's a little more reason to believe that he doesn't think Butler's gonna play today and he's like we're gonna need these guys tomorrow and today's a lost cause Although I, I don't know that you necessarily need Myers Leonard at any point in time. I don't know if you're, I don't know you need to save Myers Leonard for a future date. Um, but the, the priority to me is going to be Tyler Hero. And then I'm, I'm interested to see what the ownership is going to be on some of those other peripheral players. Uh, if, if Butler does indeed get ruled out.
0: Yeah. The, the reason that I'm going with Butler out, he was doubtful to start yesterday and then was kind of ruled out pretty early. If he were questionable through most of the day and it was close, I think it'd be easier. But for him to play on a back-to-back starting the day before that doubtful, that seems weird to me. But, you know, I'm happy to be wrong. We've got plenty of time. That's why we do the show at 10 o'clock in the morning. Tyler Hero is, in my opinion, clearly the best play on FanDuel. Uh, that $4,500 price tag is just fully broken $5,400 on DraftKings. I still like that with Butler out, but it's not nearly the same sort of value. I don't know what to do with Miami's rotation. You could tell me Kendrick Nunn plays four minutes or 34 minutes. And I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Dragic is probably still not healthy, right? Like it it wasn't that long ago that he partially tore his plantar fascia. What six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, however long ago, the playoffs were. So I, That's not a spot that I'm really trying to go at 6,900 on FanDuel. A little bit more interesting, I guess, at 5,500 on DK. I just – I don't know what to do with Miami today because I don't trust anybody's playing time.
1: So here's the counterpoint to the Drogic thing. He was terrific the two games before that one. I mean, he scored 18 points with nine assists. 18 points, nine assists, two games ago. Three games ago, 20 points with seven assists. I just think they got wrecked yesterday and I don't, I don't pull anything away from that. Drajic played well enough in the two games prior that I think, I think he's healthy enough because also with this Miami team, I mean, look at how they're holding out Jimmy Butler right now. If Drajic was not hundred percent healthy, I just assume he wouldn't be playing. So I'm, I'm not really that concerned about the foot injury. I, honestly, I was going into the season, but after seeing him play well and, and seeing how he looked, I was like, all right, Drajic. Drajic is good to go. Um, so I, I think that he, is, is a pretty strong GPV play on DraftKings. FanDuel is a little bit too too expensive for me, but on DK 5,500, if Jimmy Butler's out, and I'm also assuming right now people just aren't going to play him after yesterday.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the Bucks side, it's pretty much just Drew Holiday for me. I guess I like Brooke Lopez a little bit on FanDuel, but it's Drew and sort of nothing else. Like clearly I'm more than okay with getting some Giannis, but he's not grading out as something that I feel like I need to have.
1: Um, I did not get too much Giannis in the dummy build I made. I did get to a lot of Drew Holiday on FanDuel and I got to him a little bit on DraftKings as well. FanDuel in particular, I think that, that Drew Holiday is a very strong play. They just keep pricing him down. I think he started the year too expensive because... He's going to have a lesser role on this Bucks team on offense playing alongside, you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton. With Lucky Landslots,
0: you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So the usage is going to go down. So when the season started, I was, I was thinking like, all right, I don't want to roster Drew Holiday at the same price he was at last year he was on the Pelicans. But now every game they make him cheaper, so it makes it harder to stay away from him. when he gets down to now 6,400. on FanDuel yesterday, he ended up scoring over 50 fantasy points. In 26 minutes, so the, the usage for him, yeah, it's going to be lower. It's right around 20% so far to open the season, but still, the the assist rate is going to be there. And I think we could also assume that his efficiency is probably going to be a little bit higher on this box team than it was on the Pelicans team. So that that'll help offset some of the decreased usage. Uh, but but the price at 6,400 that's that's what really draws me to him on FanDuel.
0: Do you prefer Drew Holiday or Tyus Jones on FanDuel?
1: Drew Holiday. Okay.
0: Those guys are separated by $600. Anything else for Milwaukee and Miami?
1: No, that is that is going to be it for me. I think any of those other guys on the box, it's just kind of digging too deep.
0: All right, I got a lot to talk about now, guys. First and foremost, 770 people in here, 143 likes. You know what I'm going to ask you guys to do. Hit that thumbs up. Uh, coming up after this, 11 a.m., NFL strategy show, Laffy Matt, and Kyle breaking down some NFL. Laffy will then be back. 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for the NBA Deeper Dive with Adam. And then live before lock at 6.30 p.m. Spags, T. McBee, Terry, taking you all the way up until 7.30. But we're not done there. We got a giveaway going on. Head to at awesomo underscore the Twitter handle. You got to try to figure out who's going to score more points tonight. Dame Lillard, Paul George. A chance to win a year of Awesome o Plus NBA. So follow all of the details on the pin tweet at Twitter. Final one, Caruso, that promo is gone. Dump that one in the garbage. We got a new one. Celebrate 2021 with Awesome o Plus. You can get 20 days of Awesome o Plus for $21 when you use the promo code 2021. 2021 when you check out gets you 20 days of Awesome o Plus. 21 bucks you get projections ownership slack chat uh, lineup builder you name it we've got it doesn't include fantasy cruncher just putting that out there right now you will have to add that on if you're interested in it but you can get 20 days of Osmo plus for 21 bucks using the promo code 2021 charlotte hornets dallas mavericks mavs eight point favorites at home 222 total hornets are definitely a basketball team uh Bismack biombo is 4600 on FanDuel, 4800 on DraftKings and unfortunately for me I think he might be my favorite thing for the Hornets today. Do you like Biombo or anything else from Charlotte?
1: Um not so it depends what the ownership is going to be on Biombo. We've seen him be really popular and it's yeah. kind of hard to know this early in the morning what his what his ownership is going to is going to be at. If if he has, you know like five or 10% ownership, then yeah, I'm going to get exposure to him. But if he's going to be, you know, like 30% owned again or something like that, then I'm not going to roster Bismack Biombo. So that's going to be the case for me. I don't have him projected as some like outrageously good value play right now. Uh, The other thing also is if you look at Biombo's playing time, it's, it's not necessarily that we can project him for, you know, a ton of minutes. He had 30 minutes in each of the last two games. Um, but I don't really see him getting north of that. And we've seen in the past, sometimes they do end up limiting his minutes. Um, so I think that probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 26 to 30 minutes is probably what we're going to see from beyond, but he's just not a mid price guy anymore.
0: Yeah. We have him at 11% ownership basically on FanDuel and DK right now. I think that seems pretty reasonable. Um, I just don't really like much of anything coming out of Charlotte, like Devonte Graham for 5,900 seems fine. PJ Washington on DraftKings for 5,400 seems fine. But this is just not a team I'm all that interested in from a DFS perspective.
1: Yeah, uh, so uh, looking through the exposure I had in the dummy build, I didn't. There's just a bunch of these guys are like five to ten percent. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't really think I'm going to have a, a significant investment in any of them. Uh, when you say you like Bismack Biombo, to what extent? Like, do you think he's going to be a guy who ends up in like thirty percent of your lineups?
0: Absolutely not. No, I just think okay. that he is the best of anything that is on the Hornets today. <laughs>
1: All right, that, that is a reasonable take because I, I don't think there's very much to like here.
0: We have him projected for 11% ownership on FanDuel. That's exactly where he came in in my sim. So, like, I think he's properly owned and a guy that I would have like 10 to 15% of.
1: Okay. So, I, I misread what your what your feelings were towards Bianbo when you started. You're like, I don't like this, but Bianbo is my favorite play. I was like, oh, we're going to have a difference of opinion. But yeah, yeah no, I just think-
0: <laughs> relatively speaking, he is the best thing that the Hornets have today. And that is not necessarily like praise
1: <laughs> no and, and the other thing too is it's hard to figure out the guard rotation because at a certain point Lamelo ball is probably going to play increased minutes and it just hasn't happened so far his his playing time is significantly low and i was even coming into the year for a fantasy perspective i was a little skeptical of what his playing time would look like but i mean the last three games 20 minutes 15 16 that's way lower than i expected it to be but that's still going to come up at some point and that's going to come at the expense of terry rogier and Devonte graham uh but yeah, I think I think for now, amongst those three guys, I, I don't really love any of them for their price points.
0: On the Dallas side, Josh Richardson, questionable. I do have him projected in. And if he plays uh, 5,500 on FanDuel, I like that price tag. Um, 5,500 on DK as well. Not as interesting, but still interesting. I don't know about eleven four 4 on FanDuel for Luka, but 10-7 on DraftKings feels pretty reasonable. Uh, I'm happy to go to Luka. And in particular, against a Hornets team that is not going to be putting up much of a fight defensively.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things that's going to impact how much Luka I get is what is some of the other uh, value that opens up on the slate? Because yeah. as of right now, like we talked about, like, yeah, we, we have, uh, we have John Moran out except Tyus Jones. It's not like he's a min price starter coming in. So we still have to pay up a little bit for him. And I'm, I don't want to go roster somebody like, you know, Peyton Pritchard just to get in the, the Luka Dontriches of the world. So as of now, I don't have that much exposure to Luka just because I find it hard to get to him with the value that is available to us.
0: I think that is reasonable. Um, I'll just play a little bit more Peyton Pritchard or assume that some value opens up. Do you want anything from Dallas here? Any Dorian Finney-Smith or I don't really have anybody else to name because I don't think Dallas is all that good from a DFS standpoint.
1: Uh, so I don't right now, but if Josh Richardson were to get ruled out, then I think I would like DFS because I think that yeah. Finney Smith would probably have to play a pretty significant uh, amount of minutes without Richardson. But as of now, not really much exposure to anybody from Dallas.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not seeing it. And I'm with you. If Richardson is out uh, DFS looks good, Hardaway probably gets a bit of a bump. Uh, who do you think's next up for more minutes? Trey Burke, maybe.
1: Um, Could be. I Let's see, what is his price and how many he played? I mean, he's, he's played as many as 24 minutes this year. So I think that he's probably going to reasonably be the, be the guy that we could look at as a value play without Josh Richardson. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think, I think it's probably reasonable that Trey Burke gets, you know, like 26-ish minutes or something without Richardson. And he is somebody who we've seen be able to score a bunch of points, you know, in a short amount of time. So he, he would be the guy from a value standpoint that I'd be willing to roster for cheap without Richardson. And then DFS would be the overall guy who I liked the most in, in the in, uh, picking up the minutes left behind
0: man behind the virtual glass. Jordan Klein sends in a super chat asking any love for the Martin twins. You should have saved your money. Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> he asks about the Martin twins way more often than you think he, he asked me like one of the, I think one of the first basketball shows I did in the preseason, he asked me do do the Hornets play the Martin twins together? Like he was so excited about it. He's like, tell me about the Martin twins. They're brothers. They're on the same team. Do They play together. Do they look alike? It's, it's his, his obsession. That's all he thinks about.
0: I'd rather play the Olsen twins.
1: <laughs> Lakers.
0: Well, they, oh, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I, have, I, I, I don't think I had anything coming after that. So we, we might as well have moved on that. Whatever, whatever joke I was about to improv was going to be a stinker.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not letting Jordan Klein dictate the direction of this show any longer. So we're going Lakers and Spurs, uh Lakers six-point favorites in San Antonio. LeBron James, questionable. I'm treating it like he's playing until he's not playing. So let's start on the Lakers side where I'm not sure anybody is a good play on FanDuel, uh like relative to their salary. Clearly, you're never upset when you have AD or LeBron in your lineups. I just don't think that I'm going to have them. Um, on DraftKings, I guess LeBron looks pretty good at 9,800 as does AD at 9,700, but I, I just don't really, like, I haven't been getting to the Lakers so far this season. And I don't think that I'm about to start
1: today. Yeah. So, I mean, here's, here's the issue. They have a deep team this year. Last year was, it was really a two-man team where LeBron and AD had to do a lot. Now they have Dennis Schroeder, they have Montrez Harrell, they've added other pieces and the usage is probably going to be a little bit more spread out. So I understand that LeBron does have uh, still a 30% usage rating to open the season, but the assist rate is way down. He, he just doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as often, so that's overall hurting his fantasy production a lot. From Anthony Davis, his usage has really gone down so far to open the season with Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell there. So I just think the team is deep enough where we're going to see the production spread around enough to the point where I don't know how much, how much upside there really is here. And the other thing to consider, too, is the Lakers just won a championship. The season turned over really quickly. There's a lot of back-to-backs this year. I just don't think they're going to be pushing LeBron and AD all that much in the regular season. So, I mean, obviously, they're LeBron and Anthony Davis. There's going to be games where they individually go off. But unless one of them is resting, I just don't think this is a team I'm going to get to very often this season.
0: Yeah, we're on the same page there. Like, I would rather go to ninety six hundred dollar Trey Young, where I know that he's just gonna shoot until he doesn't want to. I'd probably rather go to Dame at ten k. You can go all the way up to Luca at ten seven. I would just rather be in those places because I think that you get the least out of LeBron and AD. Not that they're not fantastic permanent guys, but they're just gonna be dialing it back. There's no, there's no need for them to go crazy and make that push any longer especially like in a quick turn like you mentioned quick turnaround shortened season I just don't see it so I I don't get the sense I'm going to have much exposure to the Lakers at all
1: yeah and then I mean you look at Anthony Davis so far to open the season he's yet to score over 50 fantasy points on DraftKings. kings and I know it's a really small sample size but still when you consider the price that you have to pay for Anthony Davis and you see that he's scored so far in games year, 27 fantasy points 50 35 like, I, I want to see him do a little bit more or at least have an increased usage rating playing alongside all of these guys to really want to get him into lineups or see his price go down.
0: Uh, Ollie in chat says, what if AD is sing is owned single digits? He could break the slate. Yeah. I also think that he should be owned single digits showed up in my Sims just north of 9%. Um, so I think that he would basically be appropriately owned at that point.
1: Yeah, and the other thing too is it's not like his price is at some ridiculously low level. So ninety seven hundred, maybe that's cheaper than we normally think of Anthony Davis, but go back to the regular season last year, he was priced as low as ninety two hundred. So it's it's not it's not like Anthony Davis is a guy who's normally priced at eleven thousand. And so then you look at his price point and the guys who are priced around him. So at ninety seven hundred, I mean, he's only marginally cheaper than Giannis and Luca. So realistically, for Anthony Davis to end up in the optimal lineup he's probably going to have to put up at least comparable or better games than Giannis, Luca, Damian Lillard, LeBron, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving. And these are all guys that probably, I think, are going to end up being guys that I I project higher than Anthony Davis.
0: Well, instead of Lakers, we can roster some San Antonio Spurs. Uh, There's not a lot for me to like on the FanDuel side. I think Keldon Johnson for 5,800 is the guy that stands out most. DraftKings, though, I think the pricing is a little bit better. I like DeMar DeRozan. I like DeJounte Murray, 69,000 and 61,000 respectively. A little bit more Keldon Johnson's fine. Lonnie Walker at 44 seems fine. DraftKings Spurs might be a spot that I'm looking. And so far this season, Pops had like really normal rotations and minutes and stuff. So I don't know what the change is, but it doesn't seem to be jerking us around all that much.
1: Uh, he's just trying to lure you in. It's bait. It's bait, Josh. He's baiting you. You're going you're gonna to finally go like, oh, I'm going heavy on... DeJounte Murray or something it'll be like it'll be some random guy off the bench who plays a, a ton of minutes for them I grew to Martin Rosen me. I, I grew to Martin Rosen on DraftKings I think 6900 is too cheap of a price for him I didn't really get to him on FanDuel in my initial builds but on DraftKings uh, a guy who's playing a really significant role not just as a scorer but because I mean back in the day DeRozan was really he either makes a ton of mid-range shots or he just has a bad fantasy game not the case anymore he's, he's a very good passer he facilitates the offense for him uh, assists to start the year have been crazy good. Nine assists, eight assists, ten assists through three games. So this is a Demar Derozan's a different player than he was a few years ago. So at, at his price point on DraftKings, I like him a decent amount. But that's that's the only guy I'm really getting to as of now.
0: Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, he's my top spur on the DraftKings side. Um, Eighty five hundred on Fanduel. Gonna go ahead and skip that one though. Uh, Derozan yeah. slightly overpriced there.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, which. I mean that's always the thing too, where it's I, I wonder like what's the, what are the different inputs in these pricing algorithms where it's like hey Dylan Brooks is thirty seven hundred on FanDuel but he's six thousand on DraftKings. Like I don't really understand how that happens.
0: I admit, people are doing it manually is my only guess. <laughs> they stopped automating everything. I, it makes no sense whatsoever. So yeah, like don't play Demar Derozan on FanDuel. Play him on DraftKings. Sure. Oh, this is this is going to be a really awkward slate. Um. I'm waiting for, like, the big news to drop that really messes everything up.
1: Yeah, it'll be 15 minutes after locked up so you don't have to worry about it now.
0: Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me at all. One more game to touch on. Portland Trailblazers, Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers looks like three-and-a-half-point favorites, 228 total. We'll start on the Portland side. Uh, 6,700 for Yusuf Nurkic on FanDuel. 6,700 for Yusuf Nurkic on DraftKings. I like Nurk here. I like I Nurk like a lot. I like there we go. He, I like him a lot. About.
1: So he is my highest on center right now. So here's here's the deal with, with Nurk. He's been shockingly bad to me to start the year. I just thought he was gonna crush this season. Remember how yeah. well he played in the bubble where he was he, he was average well over fantasy point per minute, if I remember correctly, it was closer to one and a half fantasy points per minute than it was to one. I think it might have been like one point three or one point four or something like that. And he was also playing a ton of minutes. So he didn't show any ill effects of that terrible leg injury from a couple of years ago. And I just thought coming into this year, I was like, Nurkic could be a top like 15 total fantasy point per game player. And it just hasn't been the case for him so far this year. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. I mean, his usage rating is really low. 12% 18% over the last two games, the assist rate hasn't really been there. And normally if, if you'd see something like that, I feel like, Oh, maybe he's been in foul trouble and it's made him less aggressive. And the minutes have been limited that really hasn't been the case either. So I'm just talking this up to a small sample. Uh, The Clippers, a team that I don't really think is all that great defensively in the front court. I think that it's only a matter of time before Nurkic really breaks out because he played so well in the bubble and he hasn't been that player so far this year, but it's only a few games. Maybe maybe he wasn't in shape or something like that to start the year, but the price is so cheap. He was, you know, he was a guy who was over 9,000 when we were looking at at bubble games. So I I think think that he is, I, I don't, I'll say it. I think he's my favorite GPP play today.
0: He is my favorite center on Fanduel, and it's not particularly close as of right now. On DraftKings, uh, let's see where I have him overall. DraftKings overall, nope, that's sorted by salary. I was like, why is he so far down? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, He is 11th overall for me on DK, and a little bit of that just has to do with the fact that positionally he's he doesn't have as many options to show up in a lineup so it's a testament to how good I think he looks because of his current roster construction do you go to anything else from Portland and uh like Derek Jones Jr is 3,700 on Fanduel. I think that's reasonable value $7,900 McCollum on DK might be my favorite other DraftKings option do you think we have Carmelo Anthony back does that eat into Covington's minutes and into Derek Jones's minutes where are you at for the rest of this team?
1: Uh, yeah, Derek Jones Jr. on FanDuel. Uh, the other guys, I, I've rarely ever rostered CJ McCollum. Uh, he's somebody who, if you look at a back a backcourt combination, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, they're very negatively correlated. It's just very hard for both of them to have big games at the same time. And I always think that Damian Lillard makes for such a high upside GPP play that I, I just don't end up with very much CJ McCollum in my lineups because I'm always setting rules to not allow CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard into the same lineups. So that that just ends up limiting the amount of McCollum I get. I I think I've maybe been overweight to McCollum, uh, excluding games where Damian Lillard was out, like, I don't know, three times over the last four years or something like that. So I'm never going to be a CJ McCollum guy. Damian Lillard's somebody who I I do like to play in in GPPs on – pretty much any game that's going to be competitive against a, against a high end team. He's somebody who I don't think is nearly as uh, hurt by matchups as some other players, just because he's a guy who, when they play really good teams, we typically see Damian Lillard uh, and this is a little bit narrative based, but they're more willing to give him extended minutes in those matchups. And he's also somebody who's willing to take more shots and take on a higher usage rating in some of those games. So Damian Lillard against high level competition, that's usually a spot that I like to roster him.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to get there, um, especially given what's around him today. So, Dame is $9,200 on FanDuel, Kyrie, $200 more expensive, Trey Young, $600 more expensive. But Dame is sort of like John Collins today, but the opposite side of it. He's the cheapest of the expensive guys. And then there's another chasm until you get to DeJounte Murray at 7,300. So he's sort of like the floor of the elites at point guard. And when that happens and they grade out, well, I tend to get a lot more of that guy because that's where like the inflection point is for the way that the lineup ends up being built. So I don't mind getting to Dame CJ, I think is just too expensive. The second most expensive shooting guard on FanDuel behind DeMar DeRozan, $100 cheaper. Can we also talk about the fact that DeMar DeRozan is a shooting guard on FanDuel and a small forward power forward on DraftKings? We're just making this stuff up at this point.
1: Yeah, and uh, I was talking about this uh, yesterday on on Why uh, Before Law because somebody's asking why is Tyler Hero a small forward on FanDuel? And back in the day, Fandle used to have customer service, right, where you message them, people answer you back, they, they address yeah. your questions or whatever. And I talked with this about somebody, he told me that because there are some slates where it's just they're thin on positions, where there just aren't a lot of small forwards, not a lot of power forwards, they'll fudge positions a little bit. And they'll say like, hey, just to give people extra options, we're going to put this guy at this position. Uh, sometimes I do things just random and they make stuff up and put guys in certain positions but that is generally the reason why but yeah it is funny when Tyler Hero is a small forward and I'm, I'm almost positive we played zero small forward minutes this year but he's a small forward small forward on FanDuel point guard shooting guard on DraftKings and then yeah we get to Rose Rosen at shooting guard on FanDuel and then small forward power forward on on DraftKings and then he ends up playing a lot of point guard and facilitating the offense <laughs> for them anyway
0: it's ridiculous I'm pulling up Tyler Hero's player page uncleaning the glass right now uh oh so, okay so we're about to be a little bit wrong but not too too wrong this season 42 percent of his minutes have been at point guard 42 at shooting guard 16 at small forward last year 19 at point guard 62 at shooting guard 18 at small forward either way not a small forward <laughs> not a small if you're picking out of those things <laughs> that's certainly third <laughs> insane and today's not a day where like that needed to happen either he could just as easily be a shooting guard
1: yeah, and then I do wonder when they're like, the, like, why not just put Jimmy Butler as the small forward? It, it's just so much more sensible, and makes sense. But uh, I, I guess it's just because the, to the thing I was talking about before is there are a lot of high uh, high priced options you could put at small forward like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and then just to get the the positions a little more spread out, it's like all right, we're gonna put Jimmy Butler at shooting guard because there are almost no high priced shooting guards, so they just put him in there in that mix.
0: Final team to take a look at, that would be the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's start here. Do you think Kawhi plays?
1: I don't know. Uh, I hope not. Just because – so, like, yesterday, I ended up with a lot of exposure to Paul George because I made swaps after the slate started. And Paul George had an okay game. He didn't, like, blow the doors off or anything like that, but he was okay. But he was on pace for a really big game if it wasn't a blowout. And people dislike Paul George so much that I feel like whenever he's in a good value spot – He he tends to go a little bit underlooked at this point. Uh so I mean like like yesterday for Paul George to be it was like twenty percent on on FanDuel in the in the three dollar. That's ridiculously low ownership for him without Kawhi Leonard. So I hope that we get the same case where Kawhi's ruled out after lock and we get an underowned Paul George.
0: I've got Kawhi in right now. Um mouth laceration doesn't really bother me. Sat out the front end of the back and back, back to back. I think that he just shows up in this game, but We shall see. I don't have Marcus Morris in either. Paul George looks really good at 7,600, whether Kawhi is in or not. I don't mind that price tag, um, especially in this spot. DraftKings, he's 8,500. I'm a little less enamored. I don't really like the Clippers all that much on DK. Do we do $4,600 Lou Will? Hasn't been great so far this season, but I mean, you're just waiting for what? Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're, You're waiting for like the, the true Lou Will game. And if he does that at 4,600, it's going to be a problem. Like, he's too cheap for his ceiling. I just don't know if that ceiling is all that frequent anymore.
1: That ceiling was happening last night if they didn't beat the the Timberwolves by a bazillion points because yeah. Lou Williams, uh, 20 minutes, 33% usage rating, scored 20 points. So he scored a point a minute from a real-life perspective and then just didn't have to play at all in the second half, basically, because they were up by so much. So Lou Williams, I, I think that he's definitely somebody if uh if Kawhi Leonard's out I'm gonna want to get a lot of exposure to Lou Williams after what we saw from him yesterday
0: yeah like even if he just did that game again that's fan, like you're you're not mad about it on FanDuel and that's in 20 minutes you're hoping that he plays a little bit more and it's slightly more competitive this just doesn't feel like a game for the Clippers side at least if Kawhi is in that you're going to get to a ton of like do you like Kawhi if he plays 9900 on FanDuel 9300 on DraftKings
1: um On Fanduel, I will. Uh, the other thing also is, like I, like, I really hope the news comes out after lock because if if it comes out after lock, just the ownership is going to be so suppressed on these guys that yeah. that. So if Kawhi's in, as long as it comes after lock, then yes, I want to get exposure to him because he's not going to have that much ownership. If he's out and it comes after lock, I want to swap to a lot of Clippers guys because they're going to have added upside and not have that much ownership. So it, it's going to depend on when the news comes about Kawhi Leonard, how much I like him and the other players.
0: Let's say they're all – let's say LeBron is in, Kawhi is in. Small forward today on FanDuel. LeBron 10-5, Kawhi 9-9, Durant 9-5. Rank them.
1: Hmm. I'm probably not going to like any of them all that much, um, but it would still probably be LeBron 1, Durant 2, and Leonard 3.
0: Okay, so – Ultimately though, you're not all that enamored with any of those three guys. Am I hearing no, you? No, not if
1: not if they're all in before lock. The reason that I'd like Kawhi Leonard after Locke would be more than any it wouldn't really be based on the projection. It'd be more just based on ownership and, and game theory from a perspective that people just don't like to make moves after lock.
0: All right, two things. One, this has nothing to do with anything, but I wish that YouTube had the same abilities as Twitch. I would love to do a poll of LeBron, Kawhi, and Durant and let people vote in YouTube chat, but there's no way to like do that quickly. Kind of annoying. YouTube, step your game up. I know you can <laughs> hear me. I know you're processing my words in real time. You're probably going to show me ads about polls or something like that. Get that feature in there. If you don't really like LeBron, Kawhi, or Kevin Durant, I know we both agree on Tyler Hero. Where is your small forward ownership going?
1: Yeah, so then, um, I, this is a position, I think it makes a lot of sense to go cheap at. So, guys, like, it, it, uh, we didn't mention him earlier, but the Hawks, if Cam Reddish starts again and Danilo Gallinari's out, then he's going to be somebody that's interesting to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Harris, I talked about him before. He's somebody that's popping up for me. Uh, uh, DFS, if Josh Richardson's out. Um, Derek Jones Jr., just because of the price point, I think is a good punt on FanDuel. Uh, it's going to be a position that I go very cheap at if all three of those guys are in and we know ahead of time and there's, there's not like some crazy ownership situation.
0: LeBron, Kawhi, Kyle Anderson, Keldon Johnson, DeAndre Hunter, Dorian Finney-Smith, Derek Jones, all of these guys show up like 11 to 13% of the time in the optimal per my sims. It's a crapshoot small forward position today. So I didn't know if you had any specific leans once we got through that LeBron, Kawhi, Durant piece.
1: No, it's, it's going to be a lot. It's a lot of, it's going to be injury related. Uh, So, I mean, just to to reiterate, the guys that I think stand to gain the most from injuries are going to be DFS and Cam Reddish.
0: Okay. Let's sum it all up. We've got about four minutes to go here, but we don't need all four of those minutes. We need to give Jordan at least a little bit of time to transition to that NFL show. So uh, favorite plays for the day, uh, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, have at it.
1: Nurkish. Uh he, he really is my favorite GPP play right now. Uh, to your point on him only having one position eligibility, obviously on FanDuel because everybody only plays one position. Then also on DraftKings, I still don't care. He's going to be one of my highest-owned players in tournaments today. I think that the price is just too low when we consider the kind of point-per-minute production that he showed in the bubble, and it really should be like that for him going forward. Uh, just a little bit of a slow start to the year for him, but I'm considering it to be more of a fluke than anything.
0: Tyler Hero, John Collins on FanDuel, Drew Holiday on FanDuel. Those are my top three. Hero, Durant. Keeping my eye on Peyton Pritchard, guys. Keep your eye there if we don't get any value opening up. But that's basically it. We got 1,000 people in here, 242 likes. One last call. Hit that thumbs up. Greg, any final thoughts?
1: uh no uh joseph nurkic and uh don't play peyton, peyton pritchard i'm just gonna go head to head with josh and then it's gonna be a guy who there's gonna be a bunch of other value plays and he isn't gonna like anyway but i'll just shit talk to him uh, in dms that he's not gonna read and and it'll all be good i
0: was just gonna say there's no chance i'll ever see it guys <laughs> thank you for joining us like subscribe notification bell, follow the awesome NFL Twitter handle. We're 20 followers away from 10 K and uh, check out the news gods live blog. Go to osmo.com hit the NBA dropdown. You'll see it at the bottom of the list. That's where all the goods gets posted. If people are ruled out, you'll find it there. You want to follow him on Twitter too, by the way, because that is the place to get your news. He's like Woj before Woj for the DFS industry. That's all I've got. Good luck tonight, guys. I'm out of here, but I'll be back tomorrow morning. Check out the contenders videos. Peace.